the principles within the law of attraction works 100% every time, no matter who you are. What's been missing through a lot of this is the application. Welcome to Mindset Mastery. I'm so excited to share today's episode with you. So much energy, so many insights. We were both so pumped at the end of the recording and I'm sure you will be too. My guest today is personal and professional development coach, author and speaker, Joey Drillshagen. In this episode, we're talking about creating a life you love, a life you don't have to escape from, a life of total freedom. I'm going to keep this introduction short and sweet and let the episode speak for itself. Let's jump straight in to my conversation with Joey. Hi, Joey. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. How are you? I'm great, Rachel. I'm really, really excited to be here and talk with you. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yeah, Good. super excited just to talk through your journey, basically, from start to finish and how you got yeah. to where you are now. And something that just caught my eye when I was looking over your website a bit earlier, you talk about the fact that you really do love your life now and you mean it. And I guess I want to start by asking you, what does that look like? Just loving your life every day. You, you know what? It, it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost indescribable. Like I have total freedom. I can operate my business from anywhere in the world. I get to live. I've always dreamed from a time I was a little kid to live in the mountains someplace. And now I live in the mountains in South Carolina. I have a beautiful cabin home that I live in five minutes from trout streams. I have the things in my life that, that I really enjoy. I have an awesome love relationship in my life. I have a 24 year old son that I, I, I just adore him. And, and I have the things in my life that I like. I love riding motorcycles. I love, I have an old vintage Jeep that I can just take off roading. And it's just like, I, I, I get to do what I wanna do when I wanna do it. So I guess that's the best way I can explain that to you. Yeah, that is fantastic. And I know you started to become interested in the idea of mindset around the age of about 22, I think I was reading, yeah. but I guess nothing is a straight line and it wasn't a straight line for you either <laughs> going straight from into mindset, perfect life from the beginning. No. So take me back to then when you first got into looking at, you know, mindset science and, and just take me through that journey. Absolutely. And, and one of the things, you know, to, to, kind of bring up what I just finished saying about loving my life is like my whole mission of my life, my purpose of my life from 22 years old has been to inspire and motivate millions of people to living better lives. And it ignited back then. And today I get to do that. I get to have that impact. I get to speak. I'm an author. I get to work with groups and clients and workshops and all kinds of different. And all of my life works are surrounding that mission. It's having that alignment with my intention and my attention, you know, so getting to getting to live that way. And at 22 years old, I was listening to a person speak. His name was Jack Bolin, who's, who's passed away since. And I don't remember what he said, Rachel, but I remember how it just ignited this thing in my soul and into the core of my being of, of this desire to in, inspire and motivate people to living better lives and there wasn't life coaching back when I was 22 so I didn't know what it was if it would be a minister or a pastor or things like that so as this thing ignites which seems like it would be really exciting right 
But my conditioning growing up outside Detroit, Michigan, it was that a man gets a job and supports a family and hopefully lives long enough to enjoy some retirement. And I bought into that hook, line, and sinker with the degrees, with continuing to rise up that corporate ladder up to a vice president of sales and specialized help companies that were in bankruptcy or going in and stuff and coming out in profitability on the other side. And, and I just bought into that hook, line, and sinker. So from the time I was 22, it's like I lived this dual life where I would take all these studies and I would get coaching and I would take all these programs and I gained certifications and I would move in that direction while I was growing up the corporate ladder, you know, and having a family and, and fulfilling that conditioning that I was taught. And that went simultaneous like that up until almost 10 years ago. And I finally hit a breaking point. And what happened is my, my dad passed away of cancer and him and my mom had been married 56 years at the time. And my mom just didn't want to be alive without him. You know, mm -hmm. she felt like she was missing her other half. And within a year, she passed away of natural causes, no real mm -hmm. sicknesses or anything, you know, just of that heartbreak, really. Yeah. And I found myself an orphan. And I found myself driving to this job that I didn't want to do. I was good at what I did, which is why I kept raising up. But it wasn't my passion. It wasn't like I, I wasn't, didn't have that excitement. Like I, if I got a speaking engagement someplace on a weekend or something like that, I'd be all lit up. And then I'd be down following that conditioning again. And so many people live like that. They go to work at jobs they hate, or they're doing things that's not fulfilling. They're not living creatively and such. And that's exactly what I was doing. And I just had a, a literally a breakdown. And I was just like, man, I, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, I remember I, I was driving home from work and I had a pickup truck at the time. I was on the expressway and it, it came and I had to pull off the shoulder and I just sat there and just sobbed like a baby. And I just said, God, I can't do this anymore. Like I have this mighty passion, but nothing comes of it, you know, no matter what I do. And, and I just said, if you could take this away and put anything else in its place, I'll follow it with all my heart and all my soul, but I don't know how to bring this forward. And that was a breaking point and a turning point for me because all of the, all of the education, all of the certifications, all of the coaching, all of that came in that moment when I could clearly see how I had been holding myself back. It was nobody holding me back. It wasn't that there were limited opportunities. It wasn't that there are billions of people doing it. It wasn't any of that. It was me and my conditioning holding me back. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So where does that kind of, for you as well, where does that conditioning come from? And then how do you start to push through that? And that's one of the things I really specialize in helping people do, Rachel, just like, just like I had people who specialize in it help me do it. The programs I'm certified in, the programs I've created are all about taking somebody from that point of that conditioning. And at first, it's the awareness. You know, it's having that awareness to it. And what's funny is so many people, when, I, when, when we're working together and they get to see them, they, they get to see that conditioning they get that awareness and they go, oh my God, how goofy am I or how this or how, and I go, don't do that. Celebrate it because having that awareness is your first step towards shifting it. Without that awareness, you can't do anything differently. So having those awarenesses happen like that. And then I have tools. I have things I work on with my clients to help them shift those things so that they can get beyond their conditioning. Because our conditioning is not our fault, Rachel. You know, if, 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 you're raised like I was in, in a very low income family outside Detroit, Michigan. There was definitely conditioning differences than if you're raised as a billionaire's child. 
Absolutely. We don't sign up and pick which conditioning we want. We have what we got, but we have to understand we can either repeat that over and over and over, or we can understand what that conditioning is, have that awareness, get some assistance in shifting it and really bringing about ourselves, our inner selves into our life, which is where the doors fly open and you walk around smiling all the time saying, I love my life. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so what are some of the different things that you did study just throughout, basically throughout your whole life, really? Some of the different mm -hmm. ideas or people you studied under and what you really loved learning about? Yeah, you know, all, all different. Like I said, for a while, I thought I was going to be a minister. So I studied a lot of things on, you know, I was I grew up Christian, so that belief. But then I grew up and, and really leaned into the whole unity church movement and, unit, you know, all of that. But then like the Wayne Dyers and the Deepaks, and those guys were like the first guys that I kind of sunk my teeth into, you know? And then later on as that was going and I started getting some coaching and started doing some programs back then, The Secret came along. You remember that? Yes, yeah. And I'll tell you, like I bought I, I bought the DVD or the, the VHS, because I'm that old. <laughs> there was a VHS. I bought the book and there was a study guide that went with it as well that I ended up picking up. And I dove into that. And I'll tell you, within a couple months, I threw all of it away. It was like, man, this is just hokey pokey crap. And what was missing there as I stepped forward and I started getting mentors like Bob Proctor, Mary Morrissey, Tony Robbins, people like that, that I started studying under and becoming certified in and doing, you know, getting to where I am today with my education and knowledge base with understanding that stuff is I got to a point of understanding the law, the, the, the principles within the law of attraction works 100% every time, no matter who you are. What's been missing through a lot of this is the application. Because Rachel, you wouldn't apply the principles the same way that I would because you're a unique individual. And so everybody's trying to cookie cutter. You know, one of the things in my coaching is I will not coach more than seven people a month, one-on-one, -on -one, and no more than five people in a group. So when I do a group, it's 12 people. Every once in a while, I'll tweak it to 15. But I won't do more than that. The reason being is because we're all unique individuals. And so I don't wanna hurt 50, 100, 150 people at a time through a group. I wanna make sure every person I work with really gets the support and the attention specific to them. So some of the things we'll do is we'll go through perception shiftings. Once we understand those conditionings, once we understand those patterns that we tend to repeat or those paradigms, which are really patterns of habit. Once we start seeing those and start showing up, then I work with people on do perception shifting with those and really coming about based on living a new story, breaking away from that conditioning. As an example, myself, I grew up hearing money doesn't grow on trees. Have you ever heard that? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's a very common statement. And I lived through that. You know, so then later on, when I, what my shifting story to that is, is there's so much financial abundance available that every living, breathing person could have more than they could ever use and there'd be an unlimited supply. That money literally grows on trees because it's paper. And yeah. that's the empowering story. Now there's a transition from A to B with that. 
you know, but it's still making that transition. And as I live through that new story, I start experiencing those things showing up in my life. So instead of struggling, living paycheck to paycheck, regardless of my income, I would start seeing finances. I'd start seeing a savings account. I'd start, I have a lot of my clients who come to me and they're just really struggling. They're either living paycheck to paycheck or worse, they can't afford to cover their bills every month. Within a very short period of time, what took me years takes weeks with my clients. And within a very short period of time, they're building a savings because of the shifts that we do. Yeah, that's awesome. So what does that process look like? Are there a lot of common beliefs or programming that people have, even though it's unique to everyone? Are there a lot of common things that you see among a lot of your clients? Oh, common things. So I have a structure in a program, a 12-week Life Ignited program. I'll take clients through or different programs and stuff. So, I mean, you know, the, the, the studies of that are similar, but the uniqueness of each person, you know, when I say money doesn't grow on trees, you know that, right? But that's going to mean something different to you than it does to me. It might, it might even mean the same thing, but the level of depth within it is as unique as the individual that I'm working with. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So someone comes to work with you, say one-on-one, talk me through that Mm -hmm. process. Yeah. So I like for my one-on-one sessions to be laser focused, like getting into that person. What do you, where are you succeeding? Where you run in, you know, where you run in the walls and what else, what else is going on that we need to discuss and stuff. So typically what I'll do as a one-on-one client, I'll bonus them into a group. And then whatever curriculum we're going through, if we're going through the 12-week program, six months, whatever program we're going through, then they, they get the group, you know, the, the studies with like-minded people going through it together at same pace and all that stuff. And I can go through the curriculum. I can do on-spot coaching. And so if you were in a group, somebody might ask a question that impacts you that you didn't think to ask, or you may, you know, vice versa across the board and build a supportive place for that. And then my one-on-one sessions are really laser focused into the three questions I ask is, What's going on for you, where you run in the hurdle or where your success is and where you're running into things we need to talk about. And, and we stick solely to that there. And I'm telling you, I have seen people do like absolute incredible things that I've gotten the, the joy and honor of assisting through the process of opening that up. That's fantastic. Those three questions, it sounds like the process is super simple, but really that's a really complex thing to work through for each individual person. And what are some of the breakthroughs I guess you get from just asking yeah. those questions? Yeah, you're absolutely right too. And I purposely did it like that. I didn't want this super complex process for people to go through. I wanted to make it as simple as I could for them to go through it. And then not overly like a year, two years, things like that. I wanted to make it in a time frame where we could get in there and get major impacts right from day one. You know, the name of my company is IFGT Life Coaching. The IFGT, which is in all my works I do, stands for It's Freaking Go Time. And, and that's how that's everything is like in alignment with that. So I have had clients. I had a client who came to me. He was a CEO of a company. And he said, I want, I don't, I want to get coaching for my team, but I don't want to bring a coach in to coach them. I want to get coached and then I'll coach them. And I go, okay, fine. You know, and the first week into it, we ended up getting into, because you know, coaching isn't one area, one little segment of life. And that's it. Coaching covers your entire life because everything in your life is related to your experience and your walk on this earth. So the first week 
we talked about it in real, and it came out that he had a 37 year marriage and he and his wife coexisted. They lived in the same house. They shopped separate, ate separate, prepared meals separate. They didn't talk, none of that. The fifth week I was working with him, he was at a workshop I did live before all this virus and stuff up in Michigan. And he was there and I was teasing him and I said, hey, you want to come on and do a testimony? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. So I was like, oh, okay. So I get to a point and I said, I'm going to bring so-and-so up. You know, he wants to. And so he talked about the reason he came to coaching for me. He talked about that coming up very soon in the program, you know, which was the first week. And now this is in week five. And I said, so what's it like now? And he said, Joe, it's like we're, Joey, it's like we're newlyweds. We have date night. We eat together. We shop together. We lay on the couch together. eat popcorn and watch movies. It's, it's, it's like I have this new bride in my life. And I said, so what did, what did, your wife do and he said she didn't do nothing and and Teresa, uh, Rachel everybody laughed about that but what he was saying and this is what happens when when what when we go within and do the work internally to bring out that life that we so badly desire to live our world on our outside has to shift in accordance to that but when we live by that conditioning and those patterns we just keep experiencing that same thing over and over again I've had a client who, who was a teacher and just couldn't stand what she was doing anymore. She was 27, 20, 27 years into it. And she said, 26 years into it. And she just said, when I met her, she said, I can't stand doing this any longer, you know? And so I ended up taking her through the process of everybody I work with, individual, organization, corporation, it doesn't matter. I start with them creating a dynamic vision for their life. And I have a process I take them through to do that. She ended up with this vision that she wanted to buy a short bus convert it to a hair salon and then go to different industrial parks and just have people come out, get their hair cut and walk right back into work. And then within a year, she was so successful. She bought a bigger bus and put a, a, a boutique in the front of it. I had a client who came up to me at a, at a workshop where I was doing them live and with tears in her eyes, Rachel. And she said, Joseph, before I met you, I thought I was too old to dream. She was in her upper seventies. We ended up talking, we started working together. Within the fifth week of us working together, she had gone to, or within the, I'm sorry, the eighth week of us working together, she had gone to three of her bucket list items and had already had travel plans to go to two more. I've taken people who have retired and they're just at that point of just, you know, they're past the excitement and they're just at that point of feeling like they coexist, you know, like ah, another day, you know, lay around, watch TV, whatever it is, fish, even fishing and golfing what they tell me after so much of it can get tiring. And I've, I'll help them. I've helped one who's created a, a, a business, you know, dog watching. And it's a very successful business. And it came up and she was up and running within the matter of a couple of months and the whole thing, you know, and had the whole thing going. I'll help people who have one foot in an entrepreneur bucket and then one foot in the J-O-B job bucket and help them take that leap of faith over into it. You know, I, I told you I've helped people with, you know, with financial who are financially limited and living that way and continue to experience it. And we know when things like that go unattended, they only get worse over time. It decays. And so I've helped them get to a point where they have abundance of money. They have money they can travel. They have money to put into a savings. They have money they can start building retirement and such. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Do you think the first step with a lot of these transformations is just giving ourselves permission to do the things that we really want to do rather than we've all got the ideas of the things we think we should do 
and maybe it's like guilt around really moving into yeah. what we actually want to do yeah yeah part of it part of it is that part of it is honestly even prior to that Rachel part of it is allowing ourselves to open up our imagination to what it is we truly want. So many people, so many of us have taught as we're growing up that your imagination is immature. So we turn it off and we turn on the logical way of seeing things and we go through our whole life based on logic, right? Based on maturity, based on now I'm an adult, I don't get to do that, you know? And, 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 and what happens is we're so patterned with that, just like with what happened to us, we have children and we start patterning them like that in their teens. You know, so it shuts it down. So the first point, and that's why it's so important to do a vision, is to reignite that imagination. That's where all those desires exist. That's where the magic is within us. You know, we were given that imagination for a purpose, to live the way we want to live this life. So it starts there, but absolutely. Then as we go forward, there's, you know, having the self-confidence, there's the self-worth, the deserving. One of the things I do when I work with people on a vision, I have them tested. And one of the tests is, because what we're doing is we're looking at, one of the, one of the questions I ask is, is it's not, are you deserving of your vision? Is your vision deserving of you? Is it big enough to deserve your effort and your time and your monies and your focus and all of that? Is it big enough? And so that's one of the ways I start turning that around a little bit. Instead of looking at, do I deserve this? <laughs> Does it deserve me? That's a different way of looking at things. That is a really great way to reframe yeah. that. It makes you look at things in a totally different way. Yes, yes. And when people are starting to open up with those awarenesses, one of the things I always tell them, the first place I start as we get into creating the vision is start paying attention to how you describe yourself, how you talk mm -hmm. to yourself. That's so important. You know, somebody will drop something and go, I'm so clumsy. You know, and then you see them be clumsy over and over and over and over, but they're speaking that truth into their life. Yeah. I think we do tend to, focus on those negatives especially about ourselves as well but once you get into that habit it can be really hard to break that so how do you become aware like you said pull yourself up and reframe those kind of it, and it doesn't even seem like it's such a big deal to say to yourself oh I'm so clumsy but when you're doing it all the time it starts to compound into making it that's your your identity so. well, and, 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 yes absolutely absolutely and one of the things with that is is when we do it i'm so clumsy then it carries over to the next thing i'm stupid i'm this i'm no good with money you know what i mean i'm out of shape i'm overweight like and, and it's just a continuum of beating and beating and beating ourselves you know if you look at like i said earlier that you know i i specialize without planning to i kind of specialize in helping companies that were either in bankruptcy or going or going into bankruptcy to come out the other side profitable when you look at that one of the ways that i brought me into that is just for five minutes quit focusing on all of the problems around us and look at let's start talking about what's going good and, and, and Rachel, I would do that and people would kid me all the time about, oh, there's Mr. Overoptimistic and things like that. But do you know, when we started doing that, all of a sudden, it, you'd see the meeting go 98% problem to 2% and you'd start seeing it go 90, 10. 
80-20, you know, and, and all of a sudden people are coming in there going, man, you're not going to believe what happened last week over in the, you know, the finishing dock or, or places like that, you know, and it really is. I was taught a long time ago by a dear, dear, dear friend of mine who's passed away a couple of weeks ago is if you accentuate the positives, the negatives will take care of themselves. And in the groups, I use that on my one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you heard the questions I ask, I ask, what do you want to bring to the call? What are your successes? What's going really good? And where are you running into some things that we need to shift? I don't ask what's going negative, what's going bad, where are you unhappy, where, what's going, what's going to get more of those successes going? And that's the yeah. journey that I went through myself. You know, I had a lot of hangups about who I perceived other people to be me. I had a lot of hangups with my body image. I had a lot of hangups with not feeling smart enough or not knowing enough about money. Like that's where I come from in those places. And, you know, I had multiple teachers through schooling, early schooling, tell me there's people meant to work with their head and people meant to work with their hands. And you're going to work with your hands. Like you don't have the smarts. I, I don't, like I said, I come up from a blue collar, so I don't begrudge anybody who works with their hands. God bless. I've spent many years doing that, but but that conditioning of that, that we buy into and we start living through that as if it's us. And by doing so, we see the experiences that show us it. So we just keep going deeper and deeper into it. I like to use my hands when I talk. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so does that make sense, so, Rachel? Yeah. Yeah. And that also brings us back to the idea that we attract more of what we focus on. So if we're always focusing on the negatives, then it's going to attract more and more of those yes. negatives into yeah. our life. Yeah. One of the things I'd love to give your audience and one of the, one of the tools I use with new clients or people I talk to and stuff is, is, is when you get up in the morning, take a minute of your time. Cause I'm hoping we get into talking about what blocks a lot of people from moving forward in this stuff, but take a minute in the morning, 60 seconds, one minute and ask yourself, what would I love today? what would I love? Sometimes it's a belly laugh for me. Sometimes it's a belly laugh. Sometimes it's a new client. Sometimes it's a breakthrough in some area that I'm working on. Sometimes it's a breakthrough in the business. Sometimes it's, you know, to hear from a dear friend sometimes and, and, and ask it. And then take the rest of that minute and visualize what's that going to look like when it shows up? You know, if I asked for one time I was working for corporate America and we're in bankruptcy and couldn't find donors and it's just, everybody's just, 350 people depend on this company for their family's well-being. And so you could imagine everybody was just so down. And, and I woke up on a Friday morning. And I said, man, I just want to laugh today. Like everything is so down. And so I went to work. Lunchtime came. I jumped in my truck. I'm leaving. This guy waves me down from across the parking lot. He goes, can I go with you? And I go, yeah. So we go to lunch. We're pulling back in the parking lot, Rachel. And I realized I laughed my butt off all through lunch. Ask for it, visualize, like just look at what's it going to feel like when it shows up and then just let it go. It's not a to-do list. It's how, what you want to receive. And when we start playing with things like that, we become more receptive. And all of a sudden, those things, we start realizing how much easier they can show up than what we make of it. Mm, just, yeah, ask for it and let it go and not stress too much about the idea right. of it not happening. <laughs> And not make it happen. So let me ask you right now, if you don't mind, what's something you would love in your life? Something you'd love to be, do, have, give, create in your life over this next 24 hours? It's morning by you. So 
Yeah, so I've got I've got the whole day ahead of me. Yeah, look, today I would say it would be fantastic to get a new client today. Okay, so yeah. now again, like I said, just take a moment and just just visualize like what's that going to be like for me. Whenever I start working with somebody new, I take a walk in gratitude. I call it, and I just get up and I'm like, yes, I get to help somebody else, and whatever that looks like for you, and then let it go, and go about your day and see what happens. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Do you do this kind of practice every day yourself? I don't know if I do anything 100% of the time the way I desire to. I do it <laughs> yeah. more than not, though. You know, like most mornings I wake up and I lay in bed and I think, God, what's, what would I absolutely love today? There's times this morning I was, you know, I love being in nature part of the thing with being in the mountains so over the last couple of weeks I have special places I go to around my house and stuff you know around and and this morning I was like man I'd really like to find someplace new that I feel that new connection with you know and things like that and I was driving and I happened to see this place that I didn't notice before that's like seven minutes from the house and I was like no kidding so I went home and got my dog Bella and went back there and we ended up going walking through there and it was it was like oh my god this is incredible but I didn't get up and make it happen I was just doing what I had to do and I came across it. Yeah, so, so close to home as well. So now with this new client, what I do with that in, the, in that scenario is I don't go out trying to figure out how am I going to get a new client? I'm going to go social media. I'm going to da, 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 da. Is I just go about my day and I continue picturing that, but I be, I'm, I'm aware of signs of that showing up. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is so often people work so hard trying to get what they want they don't see the signals, the opportunities, overhear somebody talking, or you know how many different avenues that can come about with a new client or anything you, you desire, right? And, and it's not that we can plan it. You know, I always, I always say everything I desire, some portion or all of it comes out of the blue. And for me, I call God blue because that's what that blue is, you know? But, but so often I'm talking to people and incredible things that happen, and I go, how'd that come about? They go, it came, you know, this and this and this, but then that came out of the blue. And when we're working harder and harder, we don't see those areas coming out of the blue. So if we can slow down and not work so hard to get what we truly desire in our life, we can be more receptive to those signals and those opportunities and overhearing this and this sparks and that sparks. We're more receptive to those. And that's how life gets easier. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit like we're pushing so hard that you end up putting the blinders on that you don't really see the opportunities that are around you because you're focusing so hard on this one thing or what you think is going to get that result. Absolutely. But, you know, one of the things you. in my workshops I do is I bring up this picture and it's got a window pane and it has a fly, you know, and you know, you ever see flies do that? They'll go off the window pane, they'll try harder and harder and harder and they'll end up dead on the windowsill, right? Most of the time. That's like, so many people's desires is they try harder and harder and harder until they kill it. it. It dies based on exhaustion on the windowsill of life. And then later on, I'll bring that same picture back up in the workshop. And I'll talk about, I say, remember that fly? And I'll circle the bottom area where the window's open two inches. And it's like that fly could, if, if, if he wasn't trying so hard to exhaust, it could just drop down and be free. And it's like that with us and what we desire. If we just relax, we start seeing opportunities that are always there. We just don't see them when we're trying harder and harder like that, when we're exhausting our life trying to get what we want. Yeah, absolutely.
<laughs> yeah. And you mentioned just before talking about the things that stop people from doing some of these practices and breaking through that. Do you want to talk about that now? And what are some yes. of those things? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and one of them is the exhaustion. Like I said, we just, you know, cause somebody that tries that about something and then exhausts it to death and then somebody, they try something else and exhaust after a while, they have a thought of doing something. And they're like, yeah, hey, it's not even worth it. The mm. other really, really big one, Rachel is fear. Mm. So many people are so afraid to have a big vision. They're so afraid to truly admit that they desire something, whether it's financial wealth, whether it's travel, whether it's that great love of their life. They're afraid, so afraid that it's not going to work out. They don't even go for it. You know, and so managing fear, understanding that all fear is, is stepping outside of our comfort zone. In our comfort zone, we're safe and protected. We have the most control of our life. Let me ask you a question. In doing this with the podcast, when you first started, was there fear involved with that? Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> terrified. The first episode, you should have seen, I was a ball of nerves. I almost didn't go through with it. The first time I went up on stage in front of like 350 or 400 people, it was the same way. There were two steps in the stage and, and stepping there, man, I, I looked around, I knew where every exit door was and, and, and like my insides were going, run, run, you know, and, and that, that fear. But that's all that really is, is we're stepping outside of our comfort zone. And fear is never saying that we can't achieve something. It's really only telling us we haven't done so yet. You know, we can have yeah. fear, but kick it the hell out of the driver's seat of our life and understanding how to do that starts opening us up. When we understand as we step outside of our comfort zone, there's going to be fear, but we can manage that fear and how we manage that fear allows us to continue going forward after forward after forward in our life. Yeah. Well, your first presentation and stepping on that stage full of fear, how do you feel after you've done that? All the fear is gone, right? And you feel amazing that you've you've been able to push past it and have that experience. Yeah, and I wasn't going to go into the whole story, but there were two steps and then the stage. And I was standing by the stage side, like at the at the ground floor, and they started introducing me and stuff. And I swear to you, I looked around, and I was like, "There's the closest exit door." Like, you know, if I got a bolt and stuff like that. And then and then as they're saying my name, she kind of like went like this, "Come on!" And and so I took the first step, and that fear just intensified. I, I literally felt inside of myself like I was paralyzed, but I took the second step and it got worse and it came up into my stomach and I could feel my heart beating like, you know, through all my body. <laughs> and then my foot touched that stage and the fear dissipated. And I was home and I went up there and I delivered and I got three standing ovations and all this stuff and high fives afterwards, people talking to me, you know, and, and, and. And that's what happens. The fear is always the greatest just before our stepping off point into our greatness. Mm. You know, now the next time I went in front of 500 and some people, there was still some nerves there, but not near like that first time. You know, and the fifth yeah. time I did it, and the you know, eighth time I did it. And, and, and part of that, I don't ever push that away because I know that's helping me make sure I'm really sharp on my message. I'm really sharp, you know, and, and so I use it as I use that fear as a tool to make sure I am well prepared for what I'm about to do. And that's yeah. how we use it as an ally, making friends with it. 
Yeah, there's a great quote you just reminded me of. It goes something like, move more towards the things that you're afraid of because that's telling you the direction that you should be going in. Yeah. Yeah, Eleanor Roosevelt said, do one thing every day that scares you. That's Mm -hmm. very similar to what you're saying there. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's those two, right? There's, There's the exhaustion point. And, and, and really living more like a human being than a human doing that so many of us get in the cycle of doing in our life. And, and then there's, and then there's a fear. And then the third one is our willingness. And that's really the starting point of all. It's our willingness. Typically the exhaustion and the fear will, will build up our discontent with how we're living life so much that opens up our willingness for something different yeah yeah that's a massive one as well so how do you help people do you help people through those three areas when they work with you oh oh yeah we we cover those and and you know those are like the majors but absolutely you have to you know so even even that willingness you know there's times when when i have to lean into a client more than another client because of of you know doing the things that you know throughout the program and things like that and stuff and helping them and supporting them and doing it because i know every person would love to live a life that they love living everyone so it's not themselves it's not their authentic self or their true self or however you want to describe that that's pulling them away from doing it it's the blocks the patterns the conditioning, the things like that. And one of the, one of the things that I love is in order to experience life differently, we have to do abnormal things because things that are normal to us have brought us to where we are and will continue that path until we pass this place. Willingness to do abnormal things will bring about different results, will bring about different experiences. And so if somebody's trying to achieve something and they can't, and they're trying, 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 and they're getting to a point of exhaustion where they're just going to give up on it. I love talking to people in that state because they have that willingness. One of the things I work with entrepreneurs, small business owners, business people, and things like that, not exclusively, but one of the things with a lot of realtors and one of the things with working with them is it's their career, so they have a paycheck, they have you know all of that hinging on there. So it's harder for them to just say, okay, forget it, I'm not doing this anymore. So they're more willing to look at something. It's like I work with you know alcoholics. And it's the same way, you know, when somebody's sick and tired of being sick and tired, they're more willing to try something abnormal, but so often an abnormal action feels so uncomfortable that unless, unless there's that other side with that willingness to it, people aren't willing to do it. Yeah, definitely. Another thing we talk about a lot on the show is having a why behind what you do. And that's a lot, I think, related to the willingness, but having a really, really strong reason why to give you that push that you need to get started and then continue because we know that willpower you you use that up eventually and you know it's easy to slip back into your old patterns so do you think the why is a really strong anchor that you need absolutely yes definitely and I build that in when I say a vision we build in that why into that vision but yeah with without a why it's kind of going aimlessly really that why is what sinkers it 
You know, when I yeah. talk about, if you ask me what my why was and why I want to impact a million people's lives, because I grew up in a very low income family. I saw my mom and dad beat themselves down uh, physically by working as many possible hours as they could. I saw how that, I saw how struggling financially that we had to have relatives come over and bring us groceries. You know, there are five kids in the family. I saw how in their relationship, even how it, it got beat down for many years because of the stress and the burden and the pain that they lived under all the time. So when you ask me that why, I never ever want somebody else to live the life similar to what they lived, ever. Mm -hmm. That's my why, that's what, when I look at my vision, that knowing of that why is what ignites me and keeps me excited. Yeah, absolutely, that's awesome. So this is final big question that we'll go into. Do I drum roll? Is, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love to ask, what is your biggest message that you want to get out into the world? We came here to live a purpose in our life. There's a purpose behind every single person's life that's breathing today. Each time somebody goes within, and brings that message outwardly, brings that purpose outwardly, it changes the entire world. And every single one of us has the capabilities and even the inner know-how within ourselves when we tap into that, of, of living that life that you absolutely love, living that life with purpose and impact to it. Every single one of us has that availability to us. And all it is, it breaks down to a choice. Am I willing to open that up regardless of what I've done in the past, regardless of my past results? Am I willing to open that up and bring that forth into my life and have the impact on the world that I'm here to have? I love it. That is awesome. Joey, how can people connect with you, work with you, find out more about what you do? Yeah. The, you know, the easiest way to do it, Rachel, is, is go to coachwithjoseph.com. And you can, you can connect with me right there. You can schedule a block of time. We'll get on the phone. I'll give you my time. I won't charge you for it. And, and really, it's about getting on the phone, helping people. What, what's going on for you right now? We could do some on-spot coaching. But then I can help people start developing that dynamic vision for their life. And then give them some tools to start bridging that gap between the two. If nothing else, it's a free conversation to help start churning that, to help take that decision to live through the purpose, to find that purpose and live a life that you absolutely love and start opening it up. I love it. That's great. We can all have that life that we love if we choose to do so. Yeah. You know, so many years, Rachel, I thought it was reserved for select people and I wasn't one of them. It felt like that. Even in all the works I've done and all the, you know, certifications and everything else, I just felt like I wasn't one of those more fortunates or, you know, grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, whatever, however you say that. And then as I started opening this up, I realized more and more everyone is it's 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 within ourselves that we say it's not for me. And I want to tell everybody who thinks that that part of you is wrong. That part of you is fear. That part of you is past. You're looking at past experiences and judgment on those. That's not true. That's not your authentic truth. Yep, that is fantastic. That's so true. Joey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been so good to have you on. Rachel, this is so awesome. What a great conversation. It's, it's what is it, like eight o'clock at night here and I am like pumped up. Like <laughs> I just had my morning coffee. I really love talking with you.
Oh, that is awesome. Thank you so much. It was a great conversation. If you feel as pumped as I did at the end of the episode, head down to the show notes because we have something you might be very interested in. Thank you for your support of the Mindset Mastery Podcast. I can't wait to have you again next time. And until then, remember, we are only limited by what we believe we are limited.